Whoa, lady. I only speak two languages, English and bad English. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for conversation, but maybe you could just shut up for a moment. Welcome back to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, a weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, ex and current movie projectionists, new and old friends take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? Time is not important. Only life is important. Let's jump back into our review of The Fifth Element from 1997. And if you haven't listened to part one, head on over there, get your homework done and listen and come come on back and join us for part two of The Fifth Element. Yes? I'm uh, looking for a priest. The wedding's at one floor down, my son. Congratulations. <laughs> it's not my bride, she's my fair. She's looking for a priest named Vito Cornelius. The phone book said he lived here. Yes, that's me, but I don't know who she is. Nobody knows who she is. No file, no ID, nothing. She's got a tattoo on this arm here. Tattoo? So cool. <laughs> I really love that scene, man. There's Dude. such good humor in this movie. I love Bruce Willis just in the eighties and nineties, he had this swagger that he wasn't super buff like all the action heroes at the time. But you felt like this guy is very cool. It, it man's man. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into trivia. Let's, Let let's me do tell it. you something, Pandeo. So I only have four trivia points, but I think they're good. And I always try to include stuff that I didn't know about it. So yep. you talked about this uh, last week that the divine language that was spoken by Lilu was over, you know, 400 different words. And I briefly mentioned it, but it was invented by Luke Besson, like you said, and further refined by Mila Jovovich. So she had some input with that language. And she had little trouble learning and developing it as she was already fluent in four different languages. The languages had 400 words, like you said, and he, he and Jovovich held conversations and even wrote letters to each other in the language as practice. And by the end of the filming, they were able to have full conversations in the language. I think it was a little bit more than just for practice, if you know what I mean. I mean, he had a girlfriend. Did you know his girlfriend was the diva? That was his mm-hmm. that I was, did say that. That was his girlfriend. So huh, yeah, maybe maybe Bassan was, was enjoying more than just the divine language. I think I bet that they married. He and Jovovich got married? Yeah. Oh for my two gosh. years. I've got to look this up right now. That that it was uh, it was a little, little bit of a scandal. Oh dang, dude! He was married to her Did from you find it? from 1997 when this came out to 1999. Yeah. Scandalous! Jeez. Scandal! This guy, <laughs> Luke Besson, shame on you, dude! Wow. Well, speaking of his girl, his other girlfriend at the time was the the diva. When composer Eric Serra showed soprano Inva Mula, who dubs the voice of the diva, 
the sheet music for the diva dance, she reportedly smiled and relayed to him that some of the notes written were not humanly possible to achieve because the human voice cannot change notes that fast. Hence, she performed the notes in isolation, one by one, as opposed to consecutively singing them all together, and they digitized the notes to fit the music. There are a few moments when you can hear the differences in the vocal tones of the diva's voice. And you know what's funny is I looked this up, and there's a bunch of people who try to sing this on YouTube. And I I listened to a bunch of them because I got way too deep in the weeds with the fifth element. (laughs) And I listened to one. There's one in there that she only sings. Is it the Asian? No, 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 no. No, I, I saw that one. And that one's pretty good. But there's another one with, with this girl, and it looks like she's like in, in her, you know, Beth bedroom or something. And it's not a great quality of the video, but the audio, she's got a really good mic set up. And she sings it, and it's amazing. There was only one that I found that I was like, wow, this almost matches it. And she's singing. There's like no, there's like no editing. I'll send you the link because I was. It gave me the chills because I was like, oh my gosh, this lady sounds exactly like the fake. You know, they're recording all these separately and and compositing them together. So I'll send that to you. It's it's pretty dope, and I'll I'll put it in the notes for this episode because I thought it was. It was very impressive. When filming began, the production decided to dye Mila Jovovich hair from its natural brown color to her character's signature orange color. However, due to the fact that her hair had to be re-dyed regularly to maintain the bright color, Mila's hair quickly became too damaged and broken to withstand the dye. Eventually, a wig was created to match the color and style of Lilu's hair and was used for the remainder of the production. I don't think we understand some most times what... I feel like we all think that, you know, actors are just these, you know, hoity-toity, like, oh, I'm so cool. Spoiled. Yeah, Yeah. spoiled and, like, super. I mean, yeah, they're they're rich, but not not all of them are, and and they they do a lot for their craft. A lot of them, yeah, a lot of them work super hard. And, And look, all you need to do is point to Heath Ledger. Right, like that's that's the perfect example of somebody that just, just entrenched themselves in a character to give the best performance, and it's one of the greatest performances I've ever personally seen. So yeah. um, I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. Well, and I even think of, you know, people that probably don't, and I don't even care about actors like personal beliefs or political beliefs. I don't really care. I go to the movies because I like them. No. Like their act, their acting, their, their, their performance is Tom Cruise. Like this guy does, he tries to do all the stunts and it's just, it's just awe inspiring to see him do what he does. And he's crazy, but truthfully, but truthfully, uh, he's, he's an absolute national treasure. If you ask me, yeah. Uh, of all time. I should have combined this with the language trivia point that I had earlier, but when Corbin first meets Lilo, she starts talking to him in the divine language that Luke Basson invented. 
but Luke Besson didn't tell Bruce Willis what she was going to say to him. So Bruce's reactions are real in that scene. And that's why I put that quote at the first of this episode, because he's like, whoa, lady, I only speak two languages, English and bad English. <laughs> like, what are you saying? Slow down. Like, shut, <laughs> shut up for a second. I just think that's really cool. Well, you brought up the, the Plava Laguna scene and his reactions to that were because he, he had never oh, seen yeah, what she right. like before. And so his reaction was completely um, real. Yeah. I mean, you see his face and the shot of him looking up. It's like him just in awe of the, the performance and also the audio because they matched it together. She had to lip sync it and it's real. And he and he they brought them to a real opera house and there's all these people there and he Luke Bassan was like, hey, we're going to actually have a performance. And then this happened and everyone was like legit cheering and clapping for, for this, this thing that they did. It was, it was amazing. I only have one more trivia. So if you have any, let me know. But uh, I have two people I that do. were considered for different roles in the film. We already talked about last week, Julia Roberts and uh, what's her name from Showgirls? Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley were considered for the role of Lilu. Mel Gibson was considered for the role of Corbin Dallas. And Jamie Foxx was considered for the part of Ruby Road. Or Ruby Rod. I've got another one that was considered. Oh, did I miss one? For that one. Oh, let's see. Let's see. For Ruby Rod, Prince. Oh. I read that they, I mean, he had a lot of inspiration from Michael Jackson and, and Prince, but I, and I Prince, didn't, I didn't yep. re- read that he was actually considered for the role. The designer actually, the, the costume designer actually met with Prince and showed him all of the slides or uh, drawings. And I, like, he's got some funny quote about meeting with Prince about it and how maybe Prince thought he was saying F you, F you, because his, his English was horrible. Was, or his English was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That that seems like Prince would have been not as but flamboyant. I mean, he's flamboyant, but agreed. Chris Tucker but takes it to a level. Yeah, like his personality isn't like yeah, I, I don't I don't think that would have been great. No, and I don't think anybody else would have been as good as Chris Tucker. <laughs> I love Chris Tucker, man. I love his uh, any man. movie he's in. I love when he's just double love talking, it. talking really fast. I think he's really underrated, man. Completely agree. So uh, I'll add one more. Are you done with your trivia? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to get into beefs, but you, you go ahead. Let me throw this one. Let me throw this one at you. And I this is one that I think needs to be verified. Mm. But there is an uncredited voiceover. I don't know what you would call that. Did you find this out? Do you know this? Are you talking about Corbin's mom? No. Oh, Oh, is there a Corbin something about Corbin's mom? Oh no! I I just that voice, his mom's voice. They it's uncredited, and I wanted to know. Her voice seems really familiar to me, and I never, I never found out who who it was. But someone, something else? So this is a different one. Okay. So the taxi dispatcher. Okay. Named Finger. You know, when he, he's talking to him, says, you got to come in for some Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel. 
No. That I, again, I didn't have time to go back and verify. So everybody listening needs to to, to verify, trust in them, verify. Dude, but you know who that, I thought it could have been? I'm looking at an article that says it. <laughs> Do you know who I thought it could have been? Fudge and Tone Loke, bro. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I thought it was Tone Loke, man. But Vin Diesel, that's a a crazy, crazy take. We'll have to see if anyone knows. Tweet us if you know the answer to that question, because if it's Vin Diesel, that'd be crazy. Now I I do want to know who the voiceover was on... um for the the mother oh one other just quick little note and i don't know if this is gonna get into i guess you're kind of done with with easter eggs but basan's father worked part-time job to pay his art and, and school which was i guess not necessarily art school but um art and film school and that job was as a taxi driver so in all of Bassan's movies, you will see a character centered around being a taxi driver. Dude, that that's interesting because you think about him writing the movie The Transporter. You think about you know him writing Taken. You think about all the movies that he's done. There's always somewhere in there a, a taxi driver or something prominent about drive you know driving people around. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I always I like that stuff, when, man. When people pay the homage, yeah. I love it when they pay homage. Yeah, that's a really cool cool way to to pay homage to your dad. That's awesome. Yeah. I hate to bring us down, but we got to get into... Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? Popcorn beefs. I only have two beefs because okay. I really like this movie. It's no surprise I've been gushing about it for two episodes now, but I have two two beefs. And despite the movie's success and positive reviews from critics, Bassan decided not to make a sequel or other, or otherwise expand the Fifth Element universe and pursue other interests. And we talked about this last week about how he had written three scripts and they combined it into one. I'm sticking with my guns. Like I want I want a little more of this universe i wanted more fifth element yeah and i was the opposite i liked i liked where 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 it lays but and, i could see that as a beef well and i don't and i don't necessarily want a fifth element sequel in 2010 or 2022 i would have wanted one in like 19 you know 99 or even 2000 right. like really close so that they're still having to do a lot of what they did what made it special right I think if they do it now, it's going to look like Valerian, that crazy movie that, you know, there's some really yeah. amazing s- visuals, but it just feels, it feels empty to me. I, I agree. Forced. Yep. Like we said last week, forced. And this is my second beef. I, I was watching an interview, speaking of Valerian and the city of a thousand planets, he was promoting that movie when he was interviewed. And again, I, it was a disappointing film for me. Uh, he mentions that he had a nightmare shooting the fifth element and that he doesn't like practical effects over CGI effects. You know, I, I'm not a purist that always, you know, rants about everything should be practical. But in this case, it's better because of all the sets that were built. The f- It was so much better. All the, the photography, the everything, you know, the 
cinematography. The models, the, yeah, the cinematography is incredible in this movie. And it incredible. looks it looks great now. It looks great in 2022, which not a lot of movies can say that. I boy, I really really agree with you there. Well, so, and you think about like um, movies like Jurassic Park which still hold up where they they built you know there were cg dinosaurs but there were also like full-size yeah. t-rex you know so yeah there's a blending of that and that's why i think it still holds up so well now it's funny you say that because as i'm watching it i'm thinking this there's there's not much difference 25 years later from the visually uh the, the visual effect part of this movie there's not a significant difference and i think a large that is due to the practical pieces of the uh, of the effects mm-hmm. well we even talked about dune you know movies like dune have really amazing cgi effects but they don't detract from the storytelling which i think valerian suffers from it's more a spectacle versus the the actors that played you know the two main characters the the man and the woman you contrast those to the ones in the fifth element where you've got this really charismatic bruce willis whereas the guy in valerian is like a shell of a guy he's not he's not that charismatic to me and then the, and then there's no chemistry between the two and in this one you've got this really great chemistry between them and you feel like they're really you know forming mm-hmm. this bond no i i completely agree and it, it just it doesn't feel genuine when you use you know 90 percent cgi it just doesn't feel genuine i you know obviously avatar and, and like that that type of movie is is on a different level because it, it's not necessarily humans in cgi or cgi layered mm. to actual scenery right like 90 percent of the movies all cgi characters included so it's almost like a cartoon um so i just think it doesn't feel as genuine when when you use that much cgi and that's what i i loved about this movie like i just loved it the the what is it um what were the the beasts called in this? Oh, movie? the the Mangalore, Langles, Lang, Lang, Mangalores, Mangalores. Yeah, nah, yeah, I think you're right. The the Mangalores were were not CGI, um, and, it, and it's okay that they were like not that perfect. You know, the they didn't yes. move super great. I don't, I don't care. It's it's just awesome. I don't care. Yeah. It added to it for me. So, yeah, I agree. I have one one beef. Ooh, I like it. And this goes to something that we talked about last week. Mm. And then also um, Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis did not share the screen together. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, bro. And like we talked how Gary Oldman is so great. And this was when Bruce Willis was at the height, bro. At the height. I would have loved to have seen them you know a little bit of back and forth would have been awesome so that's you know i guess it's significant beef but minor beef hmm interesting but crazy when you think like you've got a hero and you've got the antagonist right yeah not a single shared screen through the whole movie 
Yeah, that's really interesting. It reminds me of like movies like Heat, where Pacino and De Niro, yeah, Pacino and De Niro only share like this, these two separate scenes in this entire, you know, movie about these thieves. And uh, it yeah. makes it so much more cool. But I, yeah, I didn't even think about that, that they weren't, they didn't share the screen. That's, that's interesting. That is a good I would have liked to see how it played out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, this brings us to our popcorn puzzles. A sphincter says what? What? A sphincter says what? What? Exactly. <laughs> I love that clip. In most shots of Gary Oldman, the, and this is what I read. I, I didn't pick up on this. Maybe you did, but they said that there's a circle around his head. In circle. fact... A circle right. in the middle of the frame is nearly a constant motif in the movie. And Bruce Willis's character, on the other hand, is more often framed by a rectangle or like doorway behind him. I mean, number one, I didn't pick up on that. And then number two is no. why? Like what? <laughs> what? What's with the circle and the rectangle? Is it the just significance? Yeah. What does it mean? I does, question that. Yeah, it's just, this is a puzzle for me. I don't know if there's an answer, but. I couldn't figure it out, and I, yeah, I didn't pick up on it. Maybe like somebody was super high <laughs> and a circle behind Oldman twice and a square behind Will. Like, of course, there's going to be shapes behind these people, but I didn't catch it either. Yeah. Anyway, puzzle for me. And then this next one, I'm not sure if this is a beef or a puzzle, but Gary Oldman is a really good friend of Luke Besson. And that took the part without reading the script, doing this movie to repay Bassan for partly financing Oldman's movie Nil by Mouth from 1997. He's asked in a 2014 interview if he liked the movie. Oldman stated, oh, no, I can't bear it. He had explained in 2001, it was me singing for my supper because Luke had come in and partly financed my film. My puzzle is like, really, dude? Why can't what? It seemed like all the back, uh, backstage. And he was great. He was great, and all the backstage footage of, of him seemed like they were having a blast. They're laughing all the time because they're friends. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that's a puzzle. I don't understand, Oldman. Why don't you like this movie? You need to get on board, man. <laughs> you need to get on board because it's an amazing movie. Yeah. So I have two more puzzles. The windows of the buildings were cited by the visual effects teams as one of the most time-consuming tasks, along with details behind the windows, such as furniture, blinds, light boxes, and tiny pieces of flat artwork were placed in all the windows. The level of detail and like time and care it people in it's these crazy. jobs, are it's just mind-boggling. And a lot of the times you don't, unless you're pausing this, I watched it on my big screen at home. And if you pause it, you can like pick out some amazing, amazing stuff. But back then, you you know, you're there watching it on, you know, it's not high def. It's just in a theater. You're not going to pick up on a lot of those details. It's just amazing that they went to that level of detail to make sure it looked convincing that these windows had stuff in it. It really is. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. And speaking of the models, 
Amongst the scale models used for filming are the buildings seen in New York City, dozens of apartment blocks and 25 skyscrapers. Some 20 feet, 6.1 meters high, were constructed in 124th scale. The buildings in the New York City miniature were up to 20 feet tall. The street was 8 feet long, and it took 9 months to build. I was going to put this in popcorn by the numbers, but I just was like, man, that's so crazy. It's just... That's intense. I just... It's in puzzles because I just was... It was blown away that that they spent that much time and effort on those scenes, and it really pays off. It does, dude. Like, it, it, again, it just kind of verifies and goes to what, what I've been saying, which is it can't all be CGI. Even today it shouldn't be, but it is. Like, you don't see a movie anymore with this kind of stuff. Well, there's a really good... Um, I don't know. I guess you would call it a feature ad. It's like a mini documentary about the making of Dune and the CGI that is in Dune and why it looks so unique. And, and is, is that CGI? Is it not CGI? What parts is and Mm. seek it out. Uh, And I'll put the link in, in this as well, because I really think that there's ways to do it and it, but they've also gone to like the desert and they put, speakers devices under the sand to make it move and they photographed it so that they could see how it would really move and then they would they would use that as reference so i i feel like Mm. there's ways where you can draw on real stuff so that you know it it feels like it's real but might not be because it's based on real stuff and a lot of times people just make it fake and they don't really take the time to uh, agree that's yeah. what i'm saying agreed um i don't have any more puzzles anything that you were like i mean i didn't understand that or i didn't pick up on that yes hmm. if you are going to have somebody protecting something that will save the world why would you put it in the hands of the least agile creatures yeah. ever created <laughs> Those guys are like freaking weeble wobbles, dude. There's a burp, burp, burp. Yeah, that was puzzling to me. And I uh, felt like their ship got blown up so easy. Like it took, you know, we'll come back in 300 yeah. years. Yet as soon as they get here to help everyone, they're immediately destroyed. Yeah. The other thing that I was kind of like, what was the Mickey D's thing? Oh yeah. I guess uh, that maybe I should go back to popcorn on that. Like what 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 puzzles you about the Mickey D's thing? <laughs> just that it was in the movie. It just feels commercialized. Yeah, it just feels commercialized. I don't. I can't speak for the French because I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't live there, or ha- I've visited France many times, a couple times, but I, I've never lived there. I don't. I'm not French. But it seems like, from a French guy's perspective, he's trying to depict America and New York City. That that's it's like his version of what America is 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 McDonald's, and it's it's like stood the test of time, and that's what they think of America is is McDonald's, and that's probably why it's in there. Yeah, I mean, but there's 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 clearly some 
shekels being shekeled for McDonald's to put on. I mean, with eight, it was just it was a two. $80 million worth of special effects. I mean, they, maybe they needed some McDonald's to a little extra. <laughs> help them out. <laughs> yeah. Ronald McDonald needs no, to step in and open his wallet up. Any other uh, puzzles? No, that's, that's it. All right, this brings us to Popcorn Redemption. And Popcorn Redemption is... I brought it out because a lot of times in some of the movies that I review or, or have guests on, it's easy to talk crap on stuff. I always like to go on on a good note, regardless if we like the movie or we don't like the movie. In this case, it's safe to say that we really like this one, but this is a time where we can just talk about the stuff that we really liked and just kind of draw attention to stuff that really stood, stood up on the level of, what's cool about this movie. So that's Popcorn Redemption. Mm-hmm. I have exercised the demons. All right, so this is where we get to talk about the stuff that we really liked about The Fifth Element. And I only have a couple of things specific. It's more general for me, but this is a movie that I can watch over and over, I and I never get bored with it. And Never. I've talked about this before and you share the same sentiments, but it helps that Bruce Willis is in it for some reason. hundred percent. If he's, if he's not in this, it, it doesn't feel as like, like accessible to me for some reason. Yeah. Agreed. And his newer stuff isn't as good as his stuff from the late eighties and nineties. And this is crazy. I looked this up. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but he has 13 projects in various stages of production. Like, does he have some back taxes or alimony that he needs to pay off? Like, is he the I new Nicholas Cage? Like, what? Virtually Nicholas Cage. Yep. Like, <laughs> you should see. Like, literally, there's there's three mo- three of those 13 movies are a one, two, and a three, like sequels of like trashy, horrible, straight-to-video movies. What? Yeah, I don't know what... What is going on? It's a sad, sad day because there are movies like, you know, the greatest Christmas movie ever made, Die Hard. I I, I mean, these are some movies that I will will watch anytime, anywhere I'm, I'm in. So yeah. I don't know what's happened to the man. Sad. So sad. But combined with him and everything, the the silliness, the the humor, the action, the visuals, the the fact that I, I even love that the script was essentially written by a sixteen year old Luke Bassan and how he he's just made this simple story of like this you know, weapon, it turns out to be a, a hot lady that, you know, falls in love with the protagonist. Like, it's so, it's just it's awesome. It's just simple and fun. And I completely agree. And, and I'll even, you know, to that visual uh, effects, it's like the, the soundtrack is oh, yeah. so good. And it just adds to the visuals. I, the, the, the soundtrack, the music to this is and it's not just the 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 Plava Laguna mm-hmm. concert like it's not just that like there are so many uh, amazing music ads that 
just truly do bring the scenery to life in an in an extraordinarily colorful you know landscape and cinematography and and all that so i i love the the music and it sounded otherworldly it it sounded new something that you hadn't heard before and you come into this movie and it's like man combined with everything that there is it's just it's so cool on one hand but sad that this guy hasn't been able to capture that again even though he tried with valerian yeah you you know what i uh, i noticed this time around Mm. that was was really endearing from the movie perspective there are so many parts where you can tell that that they maybe should have reshot it because they their reaction was was laughing at mm-hmm. or like one of the, one of my favorite parts of this whole movie is when the guy tries to rob him at the beginning oh yeah and he's like it's a guy i don't need it <laughs> like that guy's so awesome give me the cash give me the cash but if you look at Bruce Willis's reaction, like you can see that yeah. he thought it was really funny. Yeah. So, um, I I feel like they were very loose, which kind of helped me connect even a little bit more to these characters. So that's another reason why I just love this this movie. Well, and I, I agree, and I listened to some interviews and Basan. Not very many directors do this, apparently, but he was in front of the camera all the time. And so Bruce was mentioning that he, you know, he's in a scene and usually that you, you'd hit, you'd say cut, you'd get out of the taxi cab or, you know, whatever, you know, environment you're in, you'd, you'd, there'd be a time where you stop, you got to go talk to the director and you say, hey, was that what you wanted? Oh, let's do this. Okay, go back, set everything up. Basan is like behind the camera. He's like right up with the actors and he's just like, okay, do it again. Do it like this. Uh, how about we try this? Boom. Let's start. Let's go. And so there's a lot of fluidity to the performances that I think you get when you're, when you have those interactions with the director and they're so intimate with them. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with and, like, and when you're loose. Yeah, exactly. When you're loose. I feel like that's the same way with Adam McKay, who does movies like Step Brothers and, you know, where where they just let him do 20 takes and how how much funnier can we make it? Well, let's see if we can make each other laugh. And there's just like right. this loose nature and it makes for just an amazing, you just pick from 10 clips that are the, they're the funniest thing ever. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Well, is there any parting thoughts for the Fifth Element? No, I, it, I think we we pretty well covered it all. Like it's it's just it's a movie that's got everything that you want. It's a movie that you know your wife, your girlfriend will will watch. It. So you know it's it's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a golden bucket for me. And I, again, I'm, I'm a little on the side. I err on the side of I probably give more golden buckets than I should, but it, it deserves it. This one's great. Yeah, I, you know that I've been, been a little more stingy with, with my, my golden bucket, but 
This one gets it, brother. Yeah. It's the golden bucket. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Well, with that, hit me up on the Twitters or the Instas if you want to interact with the great Popcorn Priest at Popcorn Priest. Drop me a line and say hi. If you've enjoyed this or any of our previous episodes, please subscribe so you can get notifications on our newest episodes. I love movies and would love it if you'd share the love. Share this with the movie lover in your life. Another way to support the show is by throwing a few shekels at the priest. Visit patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest and see what extra perks you can enjoy. As always, thanks for listening and thanks to my guest, Dan Sakulich. Appreciate you joining me. I know we're like four, four hours apart where i met and where you are in brazil but i appreciate the time oh, you man. come to be on the show no, i always always love being on the the pod always love supporting what you do and um one other quick little note to, to all the listeners i wasn't getting um updates like it wasn't telling me oh, you, well, you were subscribed podcast. but it didn't wasn't giving yeah, you notifications it, it was not giving me notifications um, until I did the, the latest update. So that's something else that you might want to let your listeners know. Yeah. Subscribe. Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications, man. Not getting those. So so if you're not getting them and you're subscribed, check your updates. Maybe unsubscribe, resubscribe, but make sure that you're getting those. Yeah, I appreciate for bringing that up because I don't miss a week. We're we're always giving you new content every Wednesday. I try to do it before the weekend so that you can uh, have something to look forward to when you're done with work or whatever you're doing. You've got something that you can feel confident that you can go watch. That's that's the whole point of this. Yeah. So absolutely. Join us next week for another review and breakdown on should you watch this. We'll see you next week. And remember, when you watch movies, you can pop off, you can pop in, or pop out, but always bring the popcorn.